Welcome to the Mojo Market Report. Here's your hosts, Dave Sturgio and Chris Gucci. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode and edition of the Mojo Market Report right here on a Tuesday. It is Tuesday, April the 11th. 2023 and of course your host as always Dave Sturchio, Chris Gucci over there on the other side of the room aka a stone throw. I feel throw. very uncomfortable right now. Why? What, did I, what happened? Well, nothing to do with you. Oh. It's not always about you Dave. It's always no, about me. I do not have my laptop today. And it's dude, also, half the time you have your laptop it's dead anyway so it doesn't no, no, matter. No, no. The like, presence is it aesthetics like seeing my laptop here. It would be here, like, like I'll, I'll give you an equation here or a similar situation to compare it to. It would be like all right you know, maybe, maybe if you don't have your best shirt on. Sometimes my laptop isn't working. Okay, but it's there. Okay, so I feel good about myself. Okay, you know what I mean, it's all like, right. It's like wearing a shirt, so I this might not have my best shirt on, but if it has a couple holes in it, at least you don't see my yitties. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I got it, got it, all good. Well, that's how we're starting off this Tuesday morning. Hope everybody's doing well out there. It is. Play-in, playoff night tonight. We got two games to discuss, pick, predict, all that good stuff. But first and foremost, there was one breaking story that came over Adam Shifter, and that was the third overall pick. What is? What about it? What about it, Chris? Well, it seems to me that there are reports that there's at least six, six teams that are calling about the third overall pick right now because obviously we know the one is the Panthers, the two would be the Texans, and now the three, as it stands right now, are the Arizona Cardinals. So now, Chris, I ask you, what teams are making these calls? Because there's no actual report right, so of teams. I feel like the fairly obvious. Are there obvious? There's some dark horses, I'm assuming. I would say that the obvious ones are the Titans. Titans who currently have a Tannehill and a Malik Willis. The Titans. Because the, what they're doing is they're going to trade up the for Colts a quarterback. The Colts and the Raiders, I think, are the three that are legitimately in the mix. And I'd say that they're the most likely of the three. The Colts are only one, one back, one of those so it's teams. right there. The Titans, even if they're not serious about it, which I think that they are, they're going to make that play just because if the Colts want to jump up a spot, you would think, like, what do they really have to give up to jump up one right. spot? Well, other teams in their division, which I'll get to in a moment, mm. Um, other teams in their division, i.e. the Titans, should be highly interested in at least getting in the mix to drive that price up, which I do see happening. And if they happen to land on a deal, then it works out for both squads. Okay. Uh, the Cardinals. And the I'm Jets. with you on the Colts uh, because right now, as, a, as it stands, Gardner Minshew is QB1 over there. Not to say that's bad. They could win games with Gardner Minshew. We've seen him do work in the NFL, but... I don't know if that's like you can't build a franchise around Gardner Minshew right now. So for them to move up, so basically every team that's called the Cardinals is trying to jump the Colts to get to Anthony Richardson, my guess, right? So now the Colts are like, well, hold on, man. Like, we can't do that. What if the like the Colts, if they covet Anthony Richardson, they got to make Well, the that Colts move. can make the move. I think that they're – the fact that the Colts are in on the quarterback, whether it's the three or the four pick, I think that the likelihood of them taking a guy, even if – if they miss out on the three pick, is there a quarterback there at four that they take? I don't know. I think that is puts that them a in a really stretch for Will spot. Levis. Like, is that a stretch? It for... is a stretch to go one, two, three, four at quarterback. But if Has that's that ever where happened, the, if that's where the Colts are at, that might be like what they have to do. That's I think why I, I think Jim Mersey is going to pony up. I, I, think I think he tries he would. to pony up, but if who else? If there's five other teams involved, which we've only talked about, three potential other teams, which are which are layups in their given quarterback situation. Correct. I think that the Falcons are in the mix potentially. After they've gone public and said that, A, they're not in on Lamar, and B, they're in on Desmond Ritter. All of a sudden, they're going to be in the convo? So, Ritter, obviously, you're giving him the keys out of the gate. I don't know that that's the best thing for their See the situation. picture that came out of Ritter yesterday? 
No, that's it? not Reddit. That was, was Trey Lance. Trey Lance. But then, did you see the comments? I, mean, I saw plenty of comments. Yeah. And then it was like you forgot about Desmond Ritter, uh, Patrick Mahomes, senior, senior. And it's Desmond Ritter because he looks even older than they do. They do. Um, but yeah, and then the Commanders, I think, are a potential. Commanders right now. Uh, I believe, well, they got rid of Tyler Haneke. They got rid of Carson Wentz. Sam Howell's been sort of named their starter, but not necessarily. Um, they signed somebody else, and I can't put my finger on it. The point being is that they're they're, there's an open competition for quarterback job in, in Washington right now. So you would imagine that Washington. that's potential. Five teams out of the gate that were like, okay, they need a quarterback. It would make sense for them to do it. Um, there's another team in the mix that I think that, would the Colts wouldn't be upset if this actually happened because I do think there's potential here that Jacoby Brissett. Sorry, I think there's potential here that the Texans and Jake from up. State Farm, the Texans get involved, and I don't know that they're going to be able to pony up. Yeah, because they're not going to be who hold the number two pick. The Texans hold the number two pick. I think that there's a real chance that they also hold the eleven pick. So there's a chance that if they're looking for that cornerstone left tackle. Or they're looking for that edge rusher and getting the best quarterback in the draft, in their opinion, if they get who they think is the number one quarterback in the draft, and then also getting the best lineman or the best tackle. That could be a real win for them. But the thing that I have a hard time saying that they're going to probably make that move is because they're only coveting another position that's not a quarterback, there's going to be other teams that will be willing to give up more to move into that spot. From what I've read, the Texans have like 12 picks this they year's draft. And then for the Colts' sake, they would be like, oh, wait, the Texans are going to make that move? Okay, they just picked the quarterback at two. Ah, very, very, very good point. Um, or, that's a very good point, actually. I didn't even think about that yesterday when we were talking. So if the Texans already got their guy, the Colts could sit back at four and say, well, our guy's still going to fall to us because they're not going to take back-to-back quarterbacks. This isn't uh, Kirk Cousins and who else did they draft that year? Kirk Cousins was drafted after RG3. RG3. Um, they're not, it's not that situation no, where you would take two quarterbacks. That you're saying that there's precedent there with – Kirk Cousins and RG three in terms of two quarterbacks being picked in the same draft. There's also a precedent with the Redskins or the Commanders, but at the time the Redskins they were the team. They're the only team that ever had two picks in the top three back to back. We had to Google that. Yeah. I had to Google that because I was like, was there any 2010, team ever? Chris Samuels and Lavar Arrington were picked one and two over uh, two and three overall by the Washington Redskins. So. That's only happened as far as top five. I know there's plenty of teams with the top ten, two top ten picks. We saw the Jets with it uh, last year. We saw the Giants with it last year. Uh, but now, so you've said the Texans, is that your dark horse team? Like, is that your team that could make a play? Look, they're, they're a team that I think is in the mix. Okay. I don't know that they're going to be able to pony up for that position that they're after because they're just going to draft a quarterback. If there's something like they, they take a tackle or, or a D-end in the, with the two pick, that doesn't make sense to me because then they're going to put themselves in a position to, have no, they're to trade up for the quarterback. They're going to get their guy They're going to get first. the quarterback first right? or get the trade worked out prior to so they could just take who they want when mm. they want. Mm. I, do I do have, think the Texans might be a potential team because they have the capital and it doesn't always have to be for a QB on a trade-up. Now, I, I'm well aware that running backs are not at a premium anymore and people, for whatever reason, just don't like running backs, don't like paying running backs, running backs don't matter according to sources. Um, but I think there's a team out there with a trade piece and their draft capital to make this move for a future move, meaning the third overall pick could potentially be Anthony Richardson, and I don't know if this team that's drafting this guy is going to necessarily need him to start right away. And I'm talking about the Minnesota Vikings. Now, we've seen Kirk Cousins be their quarterback for X amount of time. 
how far can he go? We've seen it so far. Have we seen the absolute ceiling of Kirk Cousins? I don't know. I I don't know. But could they sweeten this deal? By- I know for a fact that we definitely have yeah. seen the ceiling of Kirk Cousins. Is he getting better? I mean, I he keeps putting up these gaudy numbers. I mean, to be honest, let's like, take let's let's see what he would do without. Arguably the number one receiver in the game. But what would any quarterback do and without that, the number one receiver in the game? I mean, they would de- they yeah, would digress. I'll tell you exactly. So it's like, is yeah, Kirk but now he still he still has he still Kirk, has Jay Jetta. He lost Adam Thielen, right? But Je- it could Jefferson, be Osborne season this is year. Like setting yardage records, right? Almost guaranteed that he's got the most yards over three th- three seasons to start a career, right? I would almost guarantee that. I don't know. Sure, for that a makes fact, sense. But I would say yes, right? So you have the best start to a career by an NFL receiver ever. I think that helps a lot. In this case, it helps a lot. Now, I'm not knocking Kirk Cousins, and I'm not—he is who he is. But I don't think I don't see Kirk Cousins getting better. So to the point, I know where you're going with this. Could they sweeten a deal and add a Dalvin Cook, who they've been trying to move uh, anyway? I would be really, really surprised if the Cardinals, at this point, were to, willing to take on a contract that they're going to also have to re-up. You know, so Dalvin Cook, he has the wear and tear. He's coming off of shoulder surgery. He's not even fully ready to go right now. So trading for a player that you can't get in and give a re- real good evaluation on, I think that's the cold water on the Dalvin Cook. He is 28 trade. years old. Uh, he was set to hit free agency. You so, would have you would have Dalvin Cook, technically, you would have Dalvin Cook all the way to 2025. But so, how much? The cap number's kind of crappy. It's like $15 million. Yeah, so you're But, I mean, look, if you're looking at the Cardinals, who are they paying? Especially if they're trying to dish off Hopkins' Yeah, contract. but they're trying to dish off Hopkins for the same reason that they would be then trying to dish off uh, Dalvin Cook. It's yeah. almost the exact same thing. Only one position is a premium in the NFL, and the other one is, like, you know, guys like Kareem Hunt won't be on a team to start the season. Which is Zeke nuts. won't be on a team. And I'm not saying that Zeke or Kareem Hunt are even close to Dalvin Cook at this point, right? But... At what point does it happen to Dalvin Cook, just like it happened to Zeke in the last two years? Yeah. Just like it happens to everybody in the last, you know, at the, as they hit 28 to 30, looking for that next deal, it's not going to work out for him. I would be, if the Vikings are able to pull that trade off, it will be one of the biggest, best trades in history because they're willing to almost outright release Dalvin Cook soon. That's, that's the way I'm looking at the contract. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at free agency right now just for S's and G's. Um, not a lot of guys left, you know, as far as the wide receiver market, as far as the running back market. I mean, the running back market, There's your best Fournette, Fournette uh, McKinnon, Kareem Hunt still not with a team, Latavius to me, Murray. To me, the running backs the are, are the guys that you're going to be able to pluck late as you as you find a, a need on your team as guys start to go down in camp. If I'm a running back, I'm going to sit. I don't want to be doing the OTA stuff anyway if I'm a vet, so it really has no bearing. You know you know, hand me the ball in the two hole. Oh, I have to, I have to protect on this one. Running back is not the easiest position to pick up by any stretch, but it's very. It's there's a lot of communication able to be had when the line goes up. You could talk to the quarterback. Like the quarterback could kind of help the running back well, out see, more listen, so than any other position on the field. Watch any NFL play ever. You know, there's a lot of communication going. Either the center's pointing around, or there's things like but the blocking running, the running back has there, yeah. an advantage over most of the other guys when the offensive line lines up and you're new. You're kind of on your own because you can't see behind you. When you're, you're the running back, you're almost like the catcher. You're behind everything. So sure. you're you're in the same spot as the quarterback, able to assess things. And you could be like, what's, what the, sna- what's the snap count? <laughs> Where do I go? Um, so interesting. Uh, but six teams, you know what I mean? We talked about like four. I'm very curious. So no, hand in hooker to the Vikings later. 
probably. You like that? I, I don't. I, think that. A, <laughs> I didn't mean to say you like that in that context, but I did, and it happened. I uh, actually do. I love that. <laughs> but I was, let me know, Kirk let me get some Hendon Hooker in the division. Um, not yeah, I mean that that division gets even better with all young quarterbacks except Hendon for Goff. Going to be good. So really, he was up for. He was about to win Heisman. Oh right. Don't care. College wow, football and the okay. NFL are different. Yeah, a little, just a little different. Um, in any event, again, keep your eyes on this. As we get closer to draft day, we are about two weeks, so two and a half weeks away from the draft. So teams are going to start ponying up. We'll see if anybody else is dealt um, as far as star players. Hopkins has been in the news. We know that. We know the OBJ stuff happened, which, by the way, that was almost like a foregone conclusion together at the club the night before, FaceTiming that same night. Did you get home okay? Yeah, I got home okay. I'll see you guys later. What a fun time tonight. And then all of a sudden, he's a Raven. So that happened. Um, we'll see if that ha- We'll see if that solidifies Lamar oh, back there long term. Lamar is long term, I'm saying. Raven. OBJ signed a one-year deal, man. I, I could foresee OBJ saying, ah, just playing that Either franchise way, tag. I mean, we'll win like, a Super Bowl. You never know. Even man. if Lamar signs on the franchise bet, tag, that's betting or, on himself. And it, well, what it, it's also saying, let's reopen the window here. Forever, it seems right? like. Like once you sign the franchise tag, then they could exclude. They could negotiate a long term deal, right? Uh, it's over at July. You can't do it until the end of the year. If you don't sign anything, no, no, no. So even if you sign, it's done. Hmm. Can't do it. Can't do it. Either way, I still think Lamar signs a, a massive deal this offseason. Well, it's got to happen, and it's got to happen soon. All right, so, ladies and gentlemen, it's going down tonight. Finally, the NBA playoffs are here. The regular season is behind us tonight, just so everybody's aware. Now, look, I had to re-educate myself 15 times about the play-in tournament, okay? Because I was just like, oh, the 7 will play the 10, the 8 will play the 9. Well, that's one wrong. Two, I'm just like, oh, the two winners will go play each other on Friday. That's another thing that's wrong. So let me explain this to you guys. As you're looking to make your picks tonight and uh, make all your prop bets and everything that's get released over there on the Mojo market tonight, just keep your eyes on that all afternoon. As of right now, the market is closed as we record this show. So they're still coming up with the numbers, the overs, the unders. Uh, so keep your uh, eyes peeled and ears to the ground. Set the notifications on your app. So anyway, tonight are the game ones, okay? This is the sevens versus the eights. Tonight we got the Hawks in the Heat, and obviously tomorrow night is the nines and the tens. So the Hawks in the Heat play in the east and the sevens and the eights, and then, of course, the sevens and the eights over there with the T-Wolves and the Lakers. Now we're going to pick this game. We're going to go over these games because if whoever wins tonight out of the 7-8 game, is your seven seed. That's a lock. That's done. It's over. Don't talk to me anymore about your seedings. You are the seven seed, okay? Um, the loser of tonight's game will move to Friday night uh, to play the winner of tomorrow's games, the 9-10. So that's how that all works, and then that's why you get an extra opportunity because why, fin- why penalize a team if they finish eighth when technically they should have made the playoffs in your old format? So if you lose tonight, you got a shot at redemption on Friday night. We start tonight. We start with the Hawks. It's the first game on the dock. The Hawks are coming in as the eight. They visit the Heat. Yesterday, you said you're a Heat guy. That's what's going to happen. After doing some due diligence and some research, you're looking at both of these teams tonight as a tale of completely two different teams, okay? What the Heat have methodically done throughout the course of the year is slow the game down. You always sing the praises of Eric Spolstra and how he can get guys going and how he can slow guys down. And that's what the Heat have done. They are actually 29th in possessions in the entire league, meaning they take that clock all the way down, they take their high percentage shots, sometimes not, but they're they're not have they don't need as many possessions as the other teams. Whereas the Hawks when they 
fired their coach, Nate McMillan, at the halfway point, even before the halfway point of the season, and they brought in um, Quinn Snyder from the Jazz, all of a sudden, the, 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 the Hawks are an incredibly good scoring team, second in the league, only behind the Bucks. Tale of two teams. The Hawks like to go on runs. You got Trey Young out there who could either be ice in his veins and the guy that's just completely going to ruin you. He was he was Broadway Trey last year against the Knicks or two years, whenever felt like felt like two years ago. I think it was it two was. years ago. Um, it felt like you know he could just take over a game. If he doesn't take over this game, it's bad news for the Hawks. But if he does and the Heat are historically slower. I'm going to say it right now, and you can probably disagree. I like the I like the Hawks to to upset tonight to go I, on a couple of runs and Trey Young show up in postseason form. I do not like the Hawks. Tonight. All right, so next game. <laughs> no, I mean I just think what all the things that you were talking about it lends to winning in playoff basketball. It's a little less likely in a one game, one sure. and done type of situation. Well, not one and done, but in this type of scenario, because if Trey Young gets hot and the Hawks hit their shots. When a team like that is able to hit their shots and shoot at a high percentage, they're just tough to beat because, you know, that's just basketball. Any team that's hitting their shots is hard to beat. But what the Heat do, I think it's tailor-made for this type of matchup. When you get into playoff basketball, the teams that slow things down and play good defense and they don't, you know, they don't have to change much about what they've done all season long. This is kind of how they play. They're built to go in deep into the playoffs, especially in the Eastern Conference. I mean, granted, there's some tough teams at the top. Mix. But... <laughs> Um, yeah, They're there's some the tough teams at the top. I don't think that the Heat are going to make much noise, but against the Hawks, who, while they score 125 points a game, they probably give up 190 because I know for a fact <laughs> Trey Young is not staying in front of anybody. And when it comes to, oh, they're being led by Trey Young, who seems to be a little laissez-faire when it comes to his effort at times, as opposed to looking across the, the gym, and you got Jimmy Buckets, who's a playoff dog, right? Dog. you got Udonis Haslam, who's in his final season in his year 20 season, and he just put up like Jimmy a Jimmy Butler's second half of the season, 26-6-5. So second half Jimmy and playoff Jimmy is much, and much I'm different with, than Jimmy like, Butler. You want to talk about Quinn Snyder, all good. Spolster's been doing this for a while. I think he's in for a rude awakening when he thinks he's going to run his his uh, fast break or whatever his transition game against this half-court defense. It's not going to work. And Bam is going to be a force. All right, so you like the Heat. I'm in on the upset special on the Hawks in Miami. We'll see if that can go down. In the late window tonight, you have the Los Angeles Lakers as your seventh seed hosting the Minnesota Timberwolves, which, by the way, um, it's if it's official, Rudy Gobert has been suspended by, I believe, the team. I don't even think it was an NBA thing. I think the T-Wolves said, cool story, bro. You're not going to play in this playoff game, which is detrimental to this team because they're a completely different team when Carl Anthony Towns and this kid are on the court at the same time. Much I could say similar to the Los Angeles Lakers. When LeBron and AD are on the court together, the last time they did this was a full postseason uh, a couple years back. They went 16-5, and five and they won the whole damn thing. So, like, if these guys are healthy, which right now they are, uh, LeBron obviously battled back from whatever injury he had. I mean, I, could, you know, I heard a pot, and he didn't. Um, but he's back, and he's playing all world as of right now. Um, they added a massive piece at the deadline that not a lot of people were talking about when they brought back D'Angelo Russell to the Lakers. Since then, when all three are healthy, on the court, at the same time, they're 8-1. and one. Now, I know it's a small sample size, but on a one-game scenario like now, you have three stars ready to light it up. I'm sorry, I do not like the Timberwolves' chances in this game because, again, I look at that team up and down, and while Carl Anthony Towns being reinserted into the lineup really did jumpstart them again down the stretch— 
I don't see it. I, I I just don't see it. Not in L.A., not when the Lakers have a chance to go back into the playoffs as the seventh seed. And if they win, they'll be playing Memphis. You want to talk about a series. LeBron and, and John Morant, are you kidding? That is what we want as NBA fans. If you're not a fan of the L.A. Lakers or you're not a fan of Memphis you and you just want to watch good basketball, those are the teams I mean, you want to see. The you Lakers, don't want to see Lakers are in a really good spot right now to, to advance and then advance again the way things lined up because um, – I don't think that the T-Wolves have a shot. Uh, I don't either. Well, they wouldn't. I mean, first of all, they would play again. No, oh, no I, they would win the seventh seed. You're right. Yeah, You're yeah. right. I don't think that the Minnesota has a shot against the Lakers in this one because the Lakers have been playing lights out. Um, Minnesota might be looking at that the trade that they made at the deadline when they gave D'Angelo Russell to <laughs> the Lakers um, as something that maybe they regret. But understanding what the contract was, they need to get out of it. Uh, I, like, I like the Lakers the way they've been playing. LeBron getting hurt allowed D'Angelo Russell to insert himself into the mix, and then LeBron kind of came in, and I thought they might struggle because LeBron's very ball-dominant, but they've been playing, obviously, still good enough to keep it going. Um, and then the second-round matchup, Steven Adams is now out for the postseason. Mm -hmm. right? So Memphis is a little bit more beat up down low. There's some openings for the Lakers to make a push right here. And we said that two weeks ago, or whenever we started to talk about the um, playing series. If the Lakers, teams like the Lakers and the Warriors, if yeah, they get hot, man. We just saw what happened with the T-Wolves. They got guys breaking their hand, punching walls. Five minutes later, there's an infighting situation. Uh, Kyle Anderson hasn't gotten a rebound in about 14 years. <laughs> Gobert does block shots, but he's not going to be there to block any in this one. So... I mean, how could you really? I'll be surprised. We'll just say that. Are you in favor of the decision to tell Rudy you're sitting in this big game? I'm. I'm neither here nor there, and I'm not in the favor of it. It's like I'm not. Find the man. I'd be like, <laughs> you're, I'd be like, okay. We if got you a, want any shot at we this, we got all off season to figure this out, right? You know, what I mean, wh who are they? I would say this, Kyle. Are we good? We're can, good. Could he play? <laughs> and Kyle should be like, yeah, we're adults. <laughs> this, is, this is what happens. I call him a bitch. <laughs> That's what happens when you call a seven-foot monster a bitch. He's going to try to punch you. That's just the way it goes. So I, yeah. I, I'm neither here nor there. Spending the player right now is, is you, very who are you? Who are you impressing? Huh? Who are you impressing? The, com the, the commish? Let the commissioner do it. Right. You do And it. you know when the commissioner would do it? After the season. After the season. <laughs> you know who, you're, who you're offending? All 11 of your fans. Yeah, well, look, the Minnesota Timberwolves, like I said, after getting Carl Anthony Towns back into the lineup, they've played well down the stretch. They've put themselves in a position right now where they can grab the seventh seed if they can go in to L.A. tonight and get the job done. But I and Chris just don't think it's going to happen. You take away one of your better players. You got these guys playing together healthy. It's just it's a recipe for disaster. This game might be over before it starts. You know, it might be halftime where like, man, oh boy. You know, like this one's just getting ugly. And LeBron might have one of those games where you're just like, okay, this guy can't be stopped right now. I am all for a John Morant, LeBron, future versus the past and the present or whatever you want to call it in the first round of the playoffs. And like you said, and like we've been saying, Teams like the Lakers, who are built like this, when they have health on their side for like the first time in what seems like forever, they can go on a run, man. And I know nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to see 20-year LeBron get into the finals except this guy right here. 100% would be all, bro, the NBA. A lot of people, whether they whether they want to admit it or not, even if you're a hater, that'll be great. Oh, Are you kidding me be. if the of Lakers course. go to the finals? This is why the Lakers Everybody need to win tonight. Everybody will be <laughs> all over that series, whether or not – you're rooting against them or for them. 
it's gonna it's gonna ignite the NBA if the Lakers go make a run. Absolutely. No question about it. Absolutely. All right. The only way to do this and follow along tonight is if you download the Mojo app and of course TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Follow along the entire time. There are gonna be liquid props out the wazoo tonight, and of course the Discord is all over it. Join the daily conversation. That is the way to do it because again tonight liquid props come out probably around what I've seen. Mid-afternoon, you want to get in on them now because they will fluctuate and they will change. And again, just like these props, and this the reason why you can bet with Mojo every single night is because when you feel it, when you're feeling like you're on fire and you're at the peak, get the hell out of there and cash out. And then you know what? If you're feeling like a little froggy, leap right back in to that same bet at a different rate. It's crazy how this all works and how fast it all works. So pay attention tonight. Enjoy the NBA play-in playoffs. We're gonna get two games done tonight. We'll preview another two and go over the way this one, uh, these ones played out tomorrow. And of course, if anybody trades for the NFL draft picks and all that stuff we were talking about before, we'll cover you there too. Dave Sturgio, Chris Gucci. This has been another episode of the Mojo Market Report. Back here tomorrow on a Hump Day.